Sovereign Grace Chapel, located at 135 Annabelle Lane in Beaver, West Virginia, invites you to listen to a gospel message concerning Jesus Christ our Lord. to follow along, turn to Romans chapter 5 again. Romans chapter 5. I want to read verse 12 to the end of the chapter. Romans 5 verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. But, or for, sorry, for, if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For, as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And we had best thank God for that. Amen. That, as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness, unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, in this message this Sunday morning, and of course, thank, uh, thank God, God willing, myself, Paul, <coughs> Joe will get a break next Sunday. <coughs> but in my dealing with this passage, I will not deal with every verse in our text yet. But I do not want to rush through this. So there will be more messages on these verses, 12 through 21. At least one more, but maybe more than that. What I want to try to deal with mainly this morning is Paul's original thought. The original thought, as you can see, starts in verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, and then our translators have put in what we call the parentheses. This is Paul explaining 
what he's just said and giving some information concerning what he's going on to say. The original thought then continues in verse 18. You see it? That's for the 17, that's for the end of the parentheses of that. Therefore, as by one, therefore as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men and the justification of life. And of course, he continues down through verse 21. <clears throat> what I'm going to deal with then this morning is the original thought. Now, in his letter, Paul here has unabashedly introduced the gospel truth of substitution in chapter 5, verses 6, six through 11. I mean, it is unabashed. Substitution. Yes, sir. <clears throat> and let me just try to summarize this. Everyone whom Jesus Christ died for, he died in their place. He died as their substitute. Yes. Everyone that he died for, he reconciled them to God when he died for them. Yes, sir. And not only did he die, but he was buried and he rose again and was ascended back to the Father's right hand. Yes, he now lives to make sure that everyone that he reconciled by his death, they shall be saved by his life. And not only will they be saved, they won't just wake up in glory, they will actually come to receive the reconciliation yes, or atonement as we have it here in the KJV. So again, I say, in his letter, Paul has unabashedly introduced the gospel truth of substitution with gospel substitution. It is not true of all substitution. It's not true of all substitution. But concerning gospel substitution, that is, Jesus Christ standing as the substitute for a particular people. With gospel substitution always comes representation. They are, and it's probably not the best illustration, but it's the best I've got. They are like the two sides of one coin. If you ever get a coin and it has the stamp on one side and it doesn't have the stamp on the other side, then it is a counterfeit. Gospel substitution goes hand in hand with representation. But now listen to me now. This is not, that is even Paul's original phrase, thought rather, verse 12 and then 18 through 21. This is not about origination. It is about representation. Most, sadly, it's sad to have to say, I fear that most who are taught from the Bible and most who even probably profess to be Christians think that what Paul does in verses 12 all the way through 21, original thought and parentheses, is explain to us where sin came from in this world. Now, do you understand what I'm saying here? But he's not just talking about where sin came from in this world. Sin existed before Adam failed. Yes, sir. That's right. Eve was in the transgression and had sin, but we did not fall in Eve. Exactly. So you see what I'm the point I'm trying. This is most people read this, okay, all this sin problem started with Adam. And they, they go over, they say a few fluffy words about the rest of it, and they pass right on by it. Yes, 
And it's sad. Because what men are passing by is the very hope of a man or a woman's soul. Yes, sir. The angels sinned. Now when they sinned, I do not know. The book does not tell us definitively. It, and I, just, I say this for the sake of argument. If there was a gap, if there was a, a creation before the Adamic creation that God destroyed, maybe he did destroy it because of the fall of Satan. I do not know. The first few verses in Genesis allow for that, but they do not dogmatically teach that. Exactly. Now do you understand what I'm saying? So therefore I can't argue with a man right, right, left or right. Because it doesn't say that, although the words can be allowed to be used that way. But nevertheless, the serpent, who, and I can explain all this, the serpent, who is said to be Satan, was, had already sinned and fallen and was in the garden with Adam and Eve before they sinned. So this ain't about origination. And men read this. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Well, that's where sin came from. No, it's not. No, it's not. God does not tell us where sin came from. But he exposes all who had it in them. Satan, fallen angels, Eve, Adam. And think about this. This is not origination. Again, I say it's representation. And that, as I hope you can probably gather, you've gathered, this is my title and my subject, representation. Angels, a myriad of angels fell with Satan and became, I suppose that's an okay word, and became therefore called demonic. They are but spirits, but they are created spirits. Fallen or unfallen, elect or otherwise, all of the angels are God Almighty's creation. And some in that original myriad of angels fell when Satan fell. And our Lord said, I observed Satan fall from heaven like lightning. When that happened, I do not know. But it was before God created man and woman. And they ate the fruit. It's before that. Maybe it happened sometime before, after the, after the Adamic creation. I do not know. But God does not allow us to delve into such things because it's not about where sin started. It's about being represented by someone. And in Paul's context, there are only, in all of the billions of humans that have existed since Adam and Eve, only two men have been representatives. Yes, sir. As the parentheses lets us know, Paul clearly marks the one man whereby the fall and condemnation came. Adam. That's he? Right. he marks a man who gave a law that clearly defined what sin is, tells us the right things to do and the things not to do. That's Moses. But then he also talks of Jesus Christ in the parentheses. So there is no confusion here as to who this is. As he's writing, the Spirit of God has him write the words of verse 12. And I don't know how Greek's set up, but you know, I, I believe God Almighty protected this word for us. 
And it is the inspired word of God. And the spirit of God moves him to to then put in this, what we have in English as a parenthesis, clear delineation as to who and whom he's talking about. So again, remember, if, if all you think about is this where sin started, you're, you're, you're missing something here. Yeah. I mean, you're missing. If, if you don't, if God doesn't open our hearts and our, our minds and our eyes spiritually and our ears spiritually to lay hold of this truth, we are missing the only hope of a fallen son and daughter of Adam's soul. Yeah. Right. In our text, then, he says, wherefore? Chapter five, the first word in chapter chapter five, the first word in verse twelve. The word wherefore is a little different from therefore. Therefore refers only back to what he's also said. That's what a therefore is. Now there may be some exceptions when they translated this, because back in the old English they may not have seen the or cared about the delineation. But wherefore is more inclusive. It's not just talking, it is based upon what I've already said, but there is a conclusion to all of this, and the conclusion is vital. Wherefore, the word wherefore here means simply accordingly, or based upon this. Paul now is moved, and I say moved. Paul is here moved by the Spirit of God. Yes, sir. And he's moved by the Spirit of God to write down exactly what God in his wisdom knew we needed to know. Nothing more, so that nothing in the issue is clouded. But nothing less, so that we're not left without hope in this world. Because if all we had was the truth of the one man's representation, Adam, we have no hope. Being represented by Adam is a hopeless situation. Because it's already failed, we've already failed under condemnation. Not, not in danger of condemnation. And I know some folks don't like this because they don't, they don't really believe in representation. They believe this is origination. No, this is representation. And many, and I, I will deal with this more later, but I'll throw it out there for you to chew on. The many and the all that Adam represented are the same number. And the many and the all that Christ represented are the same number. But the many and the all that Adam represented and the many and the all that Christ represented are not the same number. (laughs) There's not the same number. Total universal corruption, Paul is already exposed in chapter 3. Jew or Gentile, there's, there's none that understand. There's none that doeth good. There's universal corruption. In chapter 5, we have universal corruption, but we also have universal redemption. If you were represented by the man he's talking about. And thus we read, and it's a little difficult in English, it's almost the contradiction in the English, and it is on the top. I mean, just going to verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Do you see that little? that, That confounded me for years. Because it's like he's talking out both sides of his mouth. Right? And then he says it again. Where is it? Uh, uh, Oh, verse 16. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. You, you, You see the conundrum you've got here in your mind. 
But he's saying, it's the old phrase, it's saying it's the same, but it's different. Yeah. That's what that phrase means. It's the only possible explanation to what the phrase yeah. can mean. You see? So now, maybe I've give you just enough morsel to look forward to the next time when we deal with what's actually in the parentheses. Three things. Consider this about verse 12. By one man, and we, of course, know in the parentheses, that's Adam. There is no doubt about that. So we're not going into trying to prove that. It don't have to be proved. You just believe it. By one man, sin entered into the world, but not by Satan and not by Eve. Because this one man represented the world. All of his descendants. Even though later they would be split up into what we call different races. Now we are all a member of the human race. Yes, sir. And mankind has made his distinctions of races by the color of your skin. That is just not so. Yeah, right. We are all being represented by Adam, members of the same race. God may have divided humanity up later into different ethnicities, but we're all still of the same race. There is no superiority here. We're all under a federal head in Adam, and we read what happened to us in Adam. All of us, and it's a lot of them, many. You see it, many. So by one man centered into the world. This is not about the devil. This is not about the woman. This is about the one man called Adam. Second thought, by one man, again it's Adam, by one man death entered into the world, not by Satan and not by Eve. You see it? Here's the third thing. In this one man's one offensive act against God, chapter, or chapter 5, verse 18, look what it says, therefore as by the offense, not offenses, it was one singular offense. Yes, sir. And in human eyes, and human reasoning, and human logic, it really don't seem to be that great of offense. Yeah. You're right. And I, I don't, I gotta be bold. Adam didn't rape his wife Eve. Did he? He didn't go down to the local Walmart and hold it up with a gun. There were no Walmarts. There were no guns. As one preacher said, he had no women to mess around with, no cigarettes not to smoke, and no liquor not to drink. Now, did he? One thing, don't eat of that tree. And he still willingly, knowingly, with his eyes opened, Eve's were not. She was deceived. He was not deceived. And our problem is he represented us, not Eve. Now, you females take a little hope in that. You're not the problem. The male is the problem. Yes, sir. The male is the problem. And one male. Amen. One male. I'm not your problem. Though many have tried to make me out to be their problem. I'm not the problem. Nope. Now I am a problem to me. But I'm not really your problem. If I am your problem, you've got deeper fish <laughs> to find. I'm just telling you. By one man. Do you see it? And also, death passed upon all that Adam represented. Because, or that is, for that, that's the word, that's the word for there, is because all sinned in their representative. Do you see it? Wherefore, 
as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed, not is passing. That is true of physical death. And I've heard people preach. I've heard them years ago. Well, this is talking about physical death. No, it is not. I am, I am alive before you this morning. You are alive before me this morning. Physical death has not passed upon us. We are living. Now, we can, might say we're dying, but if you're dying, you're still not dead. And anybody that don't see the difference before that has evidently put blinders on when they went into a mortuary and viewed a body. A corpse. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed. It's already passed. Everyone after Adam was conceived in sin. Shapen in iniquity. Brought forth birthed speaking lies for all death so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned original thought therefore as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation because we all are a member of Adam's race we all are represented by Adam. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. And also the other verse. In fact, okay, verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And they didn't even all exist yet. Exactly. You see it? Yeah. They didn't even all exist yet. We're made sinners. Now, we will, God willing, we'll look at this some later. We're made sinners. It doesn't say we're imputed Adam's sin. God does not impute what is not real. God does not. Remember, we looked at imputation. What it really means is to inventory. And God doesn't inventory a zero and says, oh, well, I'll make that a five. That is deceitful. That is unjust balances. God's balance, God's scales are balanced equally, zero all the way. Zero all the way. Look, for as by one man's disobedience, many were what? Made sinners. And remember, we'll look at this in more detail later, but just to remember the parentheses. For until the law, sin was in the world. The law didn't make sin sin. The law just come and expose sin for what it is. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Now we say, well, but that Adam had one law. But you're, then you're jumping away from the context and trying to prove your own fault in this matter. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So what law in particular is he talking about there? The law of Moses. So God never imputed any man's sin to him or her. Until the law of Moses was given. But death still reigned. All that Adam represented fell into condemnation. Judgment had already been passed by a holy, sovereign, immaculate, immutable God. As, other, as Paul said here not too long ago, you know, the, the, law, is, the law is like that x-ray. 
or you go through that, or what is it, what's it called, the tube you go into, what is it? MRI, something like that. It can expose the problem, but it cannot cure the problem. All it can do is bring the problem out in the open, but it can't fix it. It is impossible for it to fix it. That's what the law did. The law came along and exposed the problem, but the problem already existed. Death was already a reality. Even physical death was a reality. But this ain't about physical death. This is about spiritual death. God warned Adam. He told him, In the day that thou eatest thereof, in the day thou shalt surely die. And he did, though he lived hundreds of years physically after that. But he died spiritually. And it manifested itself, and rather than him falling on his face and crying out for his creator and God to forgive him what he did, did, what did he try to do? Cover his own nakedness. And then when he heard God coming along, he went and hid. He ran away from God rather than running to God. And that is the state into which all of us fail in our representative. By nature, we now always run away from God rather than running to God. Oh, we'll create a God of our own imagination and run to Him. But we won't run to our Creator. Mm. So, that's the proof. All in Adam, all who are of Adam, all represented by Adam, and there are many and all Adam represented are included. They all sinned when Adam sinned. Chapter 5, verse 12. Why? Because he's our representative. We were in his loins. We're in his loins. Just like the writer of Hebrews says about Levi, who, when he was born and then was made priest, and the tribe of Levi was made priest, they received tithes. But the apostle Paul in Hebrews says, but he, he paid tithes. How did he pay tithes? In Abraham. And he paid tithes to Melchizedek. Why? Because he was in his loins. Yes, Abraham represented him. It is, this is not, again, this is not just some fancy term that theologians have played out there. This is, God defines this. We were literally in Adam's loins when he existed thousands of years ago. And when he sinned, we sinned. We sinned. Therefore they all, all that Adam represented, have spiritual death passed upon them already, verse 12. And all are under condemnation, verse 18. All were made sinners, this is hopeless in Adam. This is hopeless. But thank God there was a second representative who existed even before the first representative did. That representative was the creator that created Adam. That representative was the voice of God because he is the word of God that walked in the cool of the day and said, not for information, but to expose Adam to himself. Wherefore art thou? Hmm? Forcing him to confess or at least begin confessing what had happened. Amazing. This is hopeless in Adam. <laughs>